thank you that you are, in fact, good. We thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you that we can come to you when we are weak and when we are weary and when we are in despair and you care for us. God, we thank you for the reminder today that you are near and you are here. So would we, we receive that promise wholeheartedly today? God, we thank you for our brother Jesse for leading us in this time of worship through music. And we pray now that our hearts would be open to receive what it is that you have for us today. We pray that our ears would be open to hear from you today. We pray that our eyes would be open to see you in a new way today. So we dedicate this time to you and we pray that your will would be done among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, good morning, Midtown. It is good to be with you all today. I just want to spend some time with you all. I've been given an assignment and I want to stick to that assignment. And so we also just uh, we're grateful for the movement of the spirit uh, here in this place. And I'm sure in your homes, uh, let, let's let's just let's just put it out there and just say, you know, most of us seem to be cool with God. Right. And some of us are OK with Jesus, but many of us are clueless when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We're clueless. We have no idea what we're talking about. Perhaps there's fear. Perhaps there's apprehension. Perhaps there's reluctance. We, we're, we're clueless. We're clueless. But when we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, we're talking about the triune God or the Trinity. Again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when there was controversy among church leaders around the theology of the Trinity. What is this about? Gregory of Nyssa, an early church father and prominent theologian of the fourth century, he clarified, he clarified this. He says, when we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, we're talking about three hypostases, one divine usia, three persons, one substance, and he says that there is distinction in the Godhead, but there's also unity in the Godhead. And so we, we get to come to God through his son, Jesus Christ, and receive the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, we're reminded that God's presence resides in every believer, and we are his temple. We're reminded in these words, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with our bodies. Now, before we, we proceed and we talk a little bit more about uh, the, the, the sometimes forgotten uh, person of the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the triune God, when we talk about the Trinity, before I proceed, we're going to invite you into some breakout 
groups real quick. And I just want you to entertain a couple of different questions. And that first question is, what's one thing you've heard about the Holy Spirit, about who he is? And then perhaps what's one thing you've heard about what the Holy Spirit does? So we can kind of clear up some mystery today. Is that all right? All right, so you're going to go out into your breakouts. Brian and Teresa and Lindsay are going to lead you in that time. And then we're going to come back together and spend some more time unpacking who the Holy Spirit is and just exactly what he does. Amen? All right, well, welcome back. I trust that your time in your small groups was good and it was rich and perhaps you heard some, some pretty cool things and you heard some strange things. Um, but I want to invite us now to John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 15 through 17 and then 25 through 26. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Skipping down to verse 25 and 26, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. For those of you who are keeping track, you would know that there were six specific things that Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit will do among them and in them and through them. And so the first thing that we see here is that the Holy Spirit will help you. In the Greek, it's this word, Parakletos. And in Hebrew, it's the word Eitzer. And in English, it's the word Paraclete. And this term refers to a person called alongside another. This term is the idea of one who assists with benevolence and strength. This word in the Hebrew, Eitzer, it appears in the Old Testament around 21 times twice in reference to Eve's role in the life of Adam, by the way. But other times, it's describing God as the helper of the fatherless in Psalm 10, 14, or the helper and deliverer of King David in Psalm 70, verse 5, or the shield and helper of Israel in Deuteronomy 33 and 29. This, this word is translated as helper. It's translated as advocate. It's translated as counselor or comforter. The Holy Spirit will help you when you feel helpless. The Holy Spirit will advocate on your behalf when you are being accused and condemned by the evil one. The Holy Spirit will counsel you when you're lost and when you need direction. And the Holy Spirit will comfort you when you're in distress and in discomfort. In John 14, Jesus says to his disciples and he says to us today that the Father will give us another advocate to help us. So that's the first thing the Holy Spirit does is he helps us. The second thing we read is that the Holy Spirit will be with you. He will be with you. And can we just be honest? Let's just be honest. 
I know I just met some of y'all, but we're just going to be honest today, okay? Let's just be honest and admit that 2020 was a tough year for many of us, and it was difficult for us to see evidence of the Spirit's nearness. Jesus, you said the Holy Spirit is going to be with me, and I don't feel him with me at all. And if we're really being honest, we can say that in 2021, although we're just three months in, 2021 hasn't been all that great so far either. We're feeling the lingering effects of COVID, police brutality, anti-Asian hate, deceit, pride, racism, sexism, classism, political division, idolatry. It has been difficult for us to see evidence of the Spirit's nearness. You said you would be with me, but where are you? Many of you today, you feel rejected and you feel like the world is against you. But when you read John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, you will know that the Holy Spirit is in fact with you. Many of you feel hurt and you feel hopeless But if you read Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, you will know that, in fact, the Holy Spirit is with you. Many of you feel confused about what's right and what's wrong, and you even lack discernment and wisdom today. But if you read John chapter 16, verse 8, you will know that, in fact, the Holy Spirit is with you. In John chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, and he's saying to us today, not only is the Holy Spirit with us, but he will be with us forever. And forever is a long time. Forever is a long time. So we read that the Holy Spirit will help us. We read that the Holy Spirit will be with us. And then we read that the Holy Spirit will live with you. Question for you today. Is there space in your life for the Holy Spirit? Or are all the nooks and crannies of your life filled with Bobo and Jojo and Kiki and Tyrone? And Bobo and Jojo and Kiki and Tyrone are not necessarily bad people, but are they taking up space in your life? That space that's been reserved for the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit welcome in your life? Is he able to kick off his shoes and relax his feet and hang out with you and spend time with you? Are you warm and hospitable to the Holy Spirit or are you cold and distant and hostile? You know, when you live with someone, there is a degree of intimacy that is shared. For those of you who have roommates or perhaps you're married You know that there are times when you get caught in your underwear. There are times when you get caught with the stinky breath or with the bed hair, right? There's a level of intimacy when someone lives with you. When you live with someone, there's a degree of vulnerability and transparency that is shared. You're sharing your attitude and your preferences and your dislikes and your likes and your personality quirks and your habits, and some of them get on your roommate's nerves, but... There's a level of vulnerability and transparency that happens. When you live with someone, there's an exchange that happens. You pick up some of the traits of the one living with you. You start behaving like them. You start talking like them. You start sharing clothes with them, sometimes with or without permission. 
There was even a study that was done suggesting the menstrual synchrony that happens among women who live with each other and spend most or all of their time together in sorority houses or cheer squads. There is an exchange that happens. And some, some people have even said that couples who have been married for a long time start looking like one another. Now, we know that's never going to happen between me and Phil, but, 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 but there is this, this intimacy. There is this vulnerability, this transparency, this exchange that happens when you live with someone. And all of this leads to familiarity with the Holy Spirit. And you will begin to reflect his character because he lives with you. In John chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, and he says to us today, you know him, for he lives with you. He lives with you. Number four, the Holy Spirit will be in you. Not only does he live with you, but he's now in you. Have you ever gone somewhere and uh, you just didn't feel right. You weren't quite sure what, what the angst was or what the discomfort was, but you just didn't feel right. And so you leave early and you leave early and you turn on the news and you, you find out later on that there was a robbery that took place as soon as you left that place. You say, oh, something told me I needed to leave. No, it wasn't something. It was the Holy Spirit in you. Have you ever driven down a different road than your normal routine only to find out later that there was a tragic accident on the street you typically drive down during that time? Some of you may say, oh, something told me to, to make a left instead of to keep straight, but it wasn't something. It was the Holy Spirit in you. Have you ever intentionally tried to sin? I have. We just met, but I'm going to be honest. I have. Have you ever tried to intentionally sin and something inside of you just felt uncomfortable about it this time? I, I can't watch that movie. For some reason, I can't watch that movie today. For some reason, I can't listen to that, that music. Today. For some reason, I can't entertain this gossiping conversation today. Wasn't something inside of you? It's the Holy Spirit in you, convicting you to steer clear from that temptation. You know the Holy Spirit. You are aware of his indwelling presence, and you are sensitive to his promptings. And so in John chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, and he's saying to us today, the Holy Spirit is in you. He is in you. So just to recap real fast, the Holy Spirit will, be, will, will help you, the Holy Spirit will be with you, the Holy Spirit will live with you, and the Holy Spirit will be in you. And now the Holy Spirit, we are told, will teach you. He will teach you the truth because he is the spirit of truth. John chapter 8 verse 32 tells us, Jesus told the Jews who had believed in him, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Can I suggest to you today that many of us are bound because we are not holding to his teachings and we don't know the truth. 
We're being bombarded with all sorts of messages and ideas, and we don't know the truth, and we're not holding to his teachings, and we are bound. And the, the interesting thing about the truth is that if it offends us, there's a temptation to twist it so it makes us feel more comfortable, right? And sometimes the evil one, he doesn't just come right out and tell lies. Sometimes the evil one tells half-truths. And that's enough for us to be duped and to be deceived. I mean, think about his interaction with Adam and Eve in the garden. Half-truths. Think about his interaction with Jesus in the wilderness as he was trying to tempt him. Half-truths. So my encouragement today is that we would let the Holy Spirit take us by the hand. For the spirit of truth will lead and will guide us into all truth. John 16, 13 tells us that. So through information, through revelation, through application of the word, the written word of God, Jesus says to his disciples and he says to us today, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. And finally, as I wrap up, the Holy Spirit will remind you. The Holy Spirit will remind you. You know, Phil and I, we have uh, two beautiful daughters, uh, Cadence and Kaylin. They are 15 and they are 13. And from the moment they started attending school on campus, okay, not in the bed rolling over and turning on the computer, no, no, no. On campus, every morning when we drop them off at school, we would say a blessing over them. We would, we would tell them words of affirmation and we would tell them, remember who you are. Remember, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Remember, you're beautiful on the outside and on the inside. Continue to be a leader and make a difference today. We would tell them this every single morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when we dropped them off at school from the time they were in preschool all the way up until the pandemic shut down the schools. At first, this was new information for them. But they heard it so often that it actually just became a reminder to them about who they are and what they were called to do. And eventually they could tell us what we were going to tell them. They would even say it with us. I know, I know, I'm beautiful on the outside and on the inside. I can do all things. They would tell us. This is what the Holy Spirit does for us. He reminds us. He reminds us through confirmation, through a prophetic word from a trusted voice, through a dream or through a vision or through a conversation with a spirit-filled friend, the Holy Spirit will find a way to remind us of everything Jesus has said to us. You are my beloved. I am well pleased with you. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender, not the borrower. There is no weapon that is formed against you that will be able to prosper. The Holy Spirit will remind us of everything Jesus has already said to us. And that's good news for somebody today. That's good news for somebody today. So again, in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17, and then 25 through 26, we read, If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commands. 
and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Midtown family, when you look at the state of our lives, when you look at our homes, when you look at our neighborhoods, our city, this state, this nation, this world, it is crystal clear how much we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need him to help us. We need him to be with us. We need him to live with us. We need him to be in us. We need him to teach us. And yes, we need him to remind us. Amen. Amen. So God, we thank you. We thank you that you have not left us without a comforter. We thank you that you have not left us without a teacher. We thank you that you have not left us without a friend, without someone who goes before us and goes with us, who lives in us, who lives with us, who will be in us. God, we thank you for that. And we pray, we pray in Jesus' name, we pray that everywhere we go, we would be carriers we would be carriers of your glory, that everyone that we come in contact with, that they would pause and say, whoa, there's something different about Jennifer. Whoa, there's something different about Kelly. Whoa, there's something different about Ryan. And we can have a conversation and introduce them to your great love and to your great power. That great love and that great power that transforms us from the inside out, we say thank you for that. We say thank you for that. We say thank you for that. And we say that we love you. We honor you. We thank you for teaching us just a little bit more today about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does in each of our lives, for each of us, through each of us, in spite of us. We love you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And now we want to just invite our dear brother and our friend, our pastor, Ryan, to come on up and to help us to receive the gift of communion this day. Amen. God bless you all.